Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. This is the doctor speaking, uh, dissecting the intersection between work and learning. Uh, we're continuing here in season two to talk about career development, and I'm interviewing some really interesting people, uh, getting an understanding of how they think about their careers and how they develop it, particularly the young emerging generation. And so I have a very, very special guest. I'm not going to try and embarrass her, but man, am I impressed with her. And I'm so happy that she's agreed to be on this podcast. Sophia, hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Can you give us a little bit of an introduction? Who are you? Oh, um, well, uh, at the moment, I recently graduated uh, from Business Management Degree Apprenticeship Scheme and I work full time uh, selling healthcare technologies to the healthcare industry. So I work in the tech organization and yeah, that's that's what I do at the moment. But obviously besides that, I get involved in lots of other things. I work on secondment one day a week in a hospital, helping to set up innovation teams over there. And uh, obviously have lots of hobbies from dancing to traveling to all of these other painting, playing piano, all of that. So. Yeah, I'm, I like to consider myself quite a busy and, um, yeah, individual, always trying to find out new things and, and try out new hobbies as well. Now, listeners, you can see why I'm so impressed, right? I mean, wow, the kinds of things she, she, she has done. And I know a little bit more than what you may know in terms of some of the, the projects she set up when she was a degree apprentice and, uh, and the impact that has made on others. Now, the cat's out the bag. We're talking about degree apprenticeships. Now, again, if you're listening uh, uh, and you're not in the UK, uh, this is a very unique way of higher education uh, in the United Kingdom. Uh, companies that have three, uh, three, three million plus um, employees payments, uh, salaries, uh, they pay what's called an apprenticeship levy in the UK. So it's kind of like a tax and um, they can draw that back again by taking on what's called degree apprenticeships. So these are students who choose to do a degree paid by the company. They get a full-time job, um, but it's quite heavy because they work four days a week like, like any normal person, but then they've still got to put studies on top of that. And this is what uh, Sophie has done and has now completed and graduated from. So Sophia, tell us a little bit why you chose to do this in the first place. So, you know, did you know about this? What was the motivations? How did this fit in with your aspirations? Tell us a little bit more. Well, I, I knew straight away that I wanted to do a degree apprenticeship. So I moved to UK from Lithuania when I was 18 and I finished two years of college and when it was time to apply for universities, I actually never applied because from my career, I kind of I started to work when I was 16 and I kind of recognised that whilst I was having employment, whether it was in marketing agency or um, I worked in wine industry for a while, um, all of these things, I started my own companies as well when I was uh, 17 years old. So I noticed that actually me working on the side allowed me to better understand the academic content that was provided in school. And I was obviously when I moved to UK, it was the same situation. So I was working and studying at the same time. And I just thought this way of learning fits me the best because I'm one of those 
type of learners who just, you know, like to apply the knowledge straight away and throw myself in a deep end sometimes and learn it by doing rather than just observing. So I applied straight away just for degree apprenticeships. And of course, the the length and the time that you're giving as a degree apprentice is also important because I think you have more kind of support, more space, smaller classes. And obviously being paid to do your great degree is a big, big benefit. <laughs> so yeah, that those are, I would say are three key reasons why I applied for degree apprenticeships. And you were successful for the first one that you applied? Yes. Um, I applied for quite a few, um, but I chose with the one in tech. Uh, I didn't get all of them. Uh, I did went to quite far stages of some other ones, but um, but I, I, I found that the one that I actually went with was the most rounded one and had lots of experience as well. And it was also based to where I lived in London. So, yeah, some other ones were outside. Perfect. So now we know that you've done all of this. Has has it met expectations? What what have you gained? I would say it exceeded my expectations. I think a lot of misunderstanding there is about what apprentices do, whether you're a degree apprentice or or not degree apprentice. I think there's I remember going to schools and talking with children about degree apprenticeships, and a lot of people have this that I met at least um, have this kind of misunderstanding of like that, you know, you're going to fetch coffees or you're going to probably not get involved in anything exciting. And um, I think the way it I exceeded my expectations was I did know that might happen. I hoped it didn't. <laughs> but um, but at the same time, I was very, very glad to understand that my thoughts and my ideas can be taken into account as any member of the team who worked uh, for like 20, 30 years in the industry and just the capability you are given. Actually, I would say one of the things that I like the most is but that you know, I was actually encouraged to go out and meet CEOs. I was encouraged to meet the customers. I was encouraged to network and and learn. And I think that that is definitely shown that the company is not just investing in you, but also kind of care about your development as well. So listeners, uh, we will put some links into the description of this podcast and uh, two of these links that I'll put in there for you. Uh, the one is the Chartered Management Degree Apprenticeship Standard by CMI. So the Chartered Management Institute. Um, again, if you're not from the UK, you won't be aware of this. But these degrees, uh, they're not just getting a degree from the university. They're also getting professional membership by these organizations and the standards so it's kind of like the criteria that needs to be met includes management it's a it's a it's a chartered management degree so they can't just be running around and doing coffee and photocopying they have to actually uh, exhibit management skills which means uh, quite often they they kind of get moved around uh, the company and they get given different management experiences, which which is amazing. You, you know, if you're applying for a job, one of the big things on any kind of job application is experience. Uh, and what a, what a wonderful way to gain experience. So I'll put that on there. CMI is not just the only one in the UK. They also uh, have CIPD, uh, which is the Chartered Institute for Professional Development. And this often is related to human resource management degrees, uh, but again, quite popular within business colleges. Um, has that helped you in terms of professional membership? Does that kind of boost your CV? The chartered manager qualification? Well, because I'm a recent graduate, I 
cannot say like let's say of having CMI under my name is at the moment helpful because obviously I graduated fairly recently a few months ago I would say that when I tell people that I have management experience or this is the degree I did there is definitely some like people who kind of understand that I done work and completed work that was related to management and understanding how it works and at the same time I would say because of the content of our learning as well it's um, some things that we're encouraged as apprentices are encouraged to, on the degree side also are like encouraged to explore and read a little bit more about I think that reflects also in our day-to-day jobs so for example if I would have never learned about leadership and management I probably would have never read the books that I had to read for my course and then I took them day-to-day presented those things to my team I acted upon them anything about um, you know emotional intelligence empathy all of that and that helped me to directly build skills that were related to successful leaders and what they do so when I talk with my director sometimes I remember a few years back you know he said oh Sophia you know you need to sometimes work out who is different personality what they like and stuff like that and a few years later he said like you know, I can see you can't like significantly improving on these skills. And I think it's because of the curriculum as well that we're given. So again, it's like that translation from from university to your day to day job and vice versa is that's I think is the biggest one for me. Uh, this is might not be a way, particularly if you're new to the podcast. This is this is my day job. I work in work integrated learning degree apprenticeships, and it's this very element that Sophia is describing, which I just love in terms of teaching. It's not just uh, you've just heard it. It's not just about the knowledge. Yes, those books were good and that added to your understanding, but you've heard how the skill development was a core component of all of this, developing the ability to read personalities and therefore work with people more effectively. And you don't always get that in a very traditional academic process. Uh, We call it mode one knowledge, whereas work-based learning and these kinds of programs focus on what's called mode two knowledge. Look them up on Google, you can see what I mean by that. Um, So, right, so you've just recently graduated. Um, Are you where you want to be now? Talk us through that little process. You know, was there a next natural jump? Did you have to apply for loads of other things? Talk us through where you're at at the moment. So I think a simulation from a degree scheme, degree apprenticeship scheme is very different based on where you work. In my case, I worked for a company for four years and in those four years, I changed a role every single year. And then at the end, you usually choose the last rotation you're in, you can assimilate to. Now, myself and a few of my fellow apprentices, like my friends in the company, they um, they actually chose to go out and scout for opportunities within the company because I work in a really large organization and there's so many opportunities. So I, I did it not just because of I wanted to explore what's out there and I wanted obviously to try out myself, you know, go to interviews, you know, practice all of these things because now I'm graduated and I will need to go fully into the market. (laughs) But at the same time, um, I wanted to kind of understand how I can progress in my career and maybe take the reasonable steps to that as well. And and for security as well, you know, what uh, what if you find a job that you might want to do even more than what you're doing right now? So it's it's good. Yeah, that's what I did. So I applied for multiple jobs. I went on interviews and instead of assimilating to 
the team that was I was at the time, I decided to take up um, a new role, which was one kind of level higher to what I did before. So yeah, that's what I did. And of course, you're successfully in that position now, one level higher than what you did. Yes, exactly. So I know that uh, it depends on person to person and everyone assimilates in a different positions and not not because, you know, I think it's just because people are different and obviously we like to do different things. But uh, yeah, it's good. I, I think the most I think I'm quite proud of myself for that, if I say so myself, because I feel like going through the interviews, I think I had uh, one formal to informal interviews with managers, three managers, one director. So it was a lot of prep work and the questions were difficult. But yeah, uh, and especially as you're competing with people who were in the market, you know, who would work there for, you know, probably five, ten years. So, yeah, it's a lot. Right now. Um, you don't ask a, a woman her age, so I'm just going to ask the question. I, I'm assuming you are the, the the kind of late Gen Y generation, right? You're kind of on the bridge between Gen Z and Gen Y. I'm Gen, Gen Z. But you are yeah, definitely like... Gen Z. Okay. Oh my gosh, forgive me. Right. So let's explore um, your career aspirations and how you think about career. So let me start you off and help you out. Where do you see yourself in five years time? And why? I think everyone feels really, <laughs> really um, nervous when answering this question. What if I change my mind? And that's basically my <laughs> my my answer. But um, I often change my mind. I think it's important to be flexible based on your kind of desires. But at the moment, what I want to do uh, is I'm working towards becoming a leader. Particularly, I want to gain more skills around leadership and technologies and selling them to the healthcare market. I do love to work with tech and I do like to serve the healthcare market. So I think these two things are definitely here to stay. So I'm going to aiming to work my way up into that management and leadership role. But within five years time, I would be looking probably to create my own organization who provides software solutions for the NHS or the private healthcare in the UK. Now, I don't know whether you know about the research from Gen Zs, but you have just described that generation <laughs> wanting the flexibility, but wanting to be your own boss, very entrepreneurial and wanting to kind of, you know, carve your own track. So. Um, you've pretty much described your generation, which is wonderful to hear again. Now, <laughs> as we come into land. Cabin crew, prepare for landing. Thank you. I, I want to ask the ultimate question. If you had to think back on all of this now, would you still have done a degree apprenticeship? Does it all still fit in? Is it helping you towards, you know, th this kind of career aspiration in terms of where you're wanting to go? I 100 percent. I would just say yes. Yes. Definitely. I think that everything that I've done in the last four years as part of my apprenticeship scheme, everything contributed to all of the, the network I made, the job opportunities I received, the kind of skills and knowledge that I have. But at the same time, I think there are some worries when you're entering a four-year scheme, right? And obviously, the, you can always leave if you don't like it. But Obviously, you worry, what about the student life? What about, you know, this degree is like one year longer than a traditional degree? What if, you know, 
my job is boring and all of these things. I think that all of those thoughts were like gone within the first, you know, few months of joining the company that I work for, which is because you, yeah, you just realize like, you know, these presumptions are not real. And I would definitely, definitely recommend everyone to go for a degree apprenticeship. I cannot recommend anything better. Brilliant. I really love that. The fear of the unknown. And it's and it's an unknown that you locked into for four years. I get it uh, completely. And I've never thought about it from that. I'm always on the other side. I'm always the one delivering, this, you know, the, the, the degree apprenticeships. And I've never thought about it from that perspective. Um, and again, you know, w w what a helpful thing to do to get out there and dispel some of this and, and tell the stories and so on. And, and thank you for telling your story today because uh, you're doing just that. You're dispelling some of these fears that uh, maybe younger people who are listening to this podcast and considering whether they should do a degree apprenticeship, maybe they're thinking the very same thing and we can uh, we can encourage them that it, it, it's not always the case that that's going to be the thing. Sophia, thank you very much for giving uh, up your time. I would encourage the listeners to uh, look you up on LinkedIn. Keep an eye on this young lady. I'll tell you what, she's going to be doing some great things in the future um, and she's doing some great things now already. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And bye bye. And, <laughs> and cheerio, listeners. We'll speak to you soon again. Bye now. Speak soon. Bye. You've been listening to The Doctor and he just dissected the intersection between work and learning. Thank <laughs> you.